0: Lee sat on the sofa in the living room of his apartment in the Rue Jacob. The lights dim, the Mozart disc on the player turned low. He nursed a beer, lost to the world as he pondered his personal life. Nicole Wells. He repeated her name to himself in the silence of his head. She had become a problem, a nagging problem as it so happened. For two years, they had been best buddies in the truest sense. In Beijing, he had saved her life, and everything had changed. She was no longer simply his best buddy. She was a woman he cared about as a woman. He had realized this when he put his arms around her on the steps of the martyr's monument in Tiananmen after flinging her away from the approaching tanks. Nicky had thanked him for saving her life, and he had turned her face to his and looked into those cool, appraising blue eyes. Suddenly, he was brimming with feelings he did not fully understand. Ever since leaving Hong Kong, he had tried hard to shake off these feelings without much success. Off and on, they had continued both to confuse and trouble him, but he was aware of the reasons to some extent. He and Nicky had drawn closer and closer, had grown to love each other like brother and sister. Now, his emotions were engaged on a different level, and he was not sure what to do about it. To begin with, he did not want to get seriously involved with any woman because he did not want to care so much for someone that he would feel bound to make a commitment, get married, and eventually have children. He had no desire to be pinned down by marital obligations. If he was honest, he was a bachelor at heart. And then there was Nicky herself. She was perfect as a friend, but hardly the most suitable candidate for a lover. She was too complicated, too complex by far. She lived an ocean away, and she had one of the biggest careers in American television, hardly the right ingredients for a harmonious love affair with him. She had no idea that he was harboring these strange new feelings for her. If he was smart and did not reveal them, she would be none the wiser. Very simply, he would go on treating her as a pal. This was the ideal solution. Considerably relieved that he had finally solved a problem that had hovered over his head since Beijing, Klee got up and went to the kitchen, took another bottle of beer out of the refrigerator, and opened it. As he was crossing the foyer, the phone began to ring, and he hurried through the living room to answer it. Hi, Clee, it's me. Nicky, he exclaimed, so happy to hear her voice he felt the smile of pleasure sliding onto his mouth. This sudden rush of euphoria so startled him he sat down heavily in the nearest chair. So, what's happening down there? he asked, a bit lamely. It's very quiet here, but it's been wonderful for me these last few days, she said. Sunny and peaceful. And you were right, I did need the rest. How long are you planning to stay in Provence? I don't know. Originally I thought a week, but maybe I'll stay on for a while. I was wondering if you might come down for a few days. Keep me company if you don't have anything better to do. "'I'd love to, Nicky, but I'm jammed. "'The agency's flooded with jobs. "'Look, I'm just in the middle of something I have to finish. "'Let me call you back later.' "'Oh, that's fine. Talk to you later. Bye.' She hung up on him before he could say another word, and he felt rotten for being so abrupt with her. Nicky was a baffling woman in a variety of ways. When he had first met her in Beirut two years ago... He had thought she was the classiest-looking blonde he had ever seen. Beautiful, elegant even in her battered safari suit, and very photogenic. She had that very poised, cool exterior, which could be so off-putting to some men, but which he was sure concealed great warmth. Eventually, he had come to believe that deep down she was romantic and passionate by nature, but that she had been so badly hurt by Devereux she was frozen cold when it came to men. None of this had mattered to him before, but it mattered now. Everything about her mattered now, but it mustn't, he cautioned himself. At ten o'clock, he called her back and he went out of his way to be warm and friendly. I'm sorry I can't come down to the farm, babe. There's nothing I'd like better than a few days in the sun, a chance to relax with you, but duty calls. I've just got too much work. Please, don't worry about it, Clee, she said pleasantly. Honestly, I do understand. As he hung up, he was not so sure that he did. He had nothing planned for the next few days. There was no reason why he could not go down there. Not true. There was an excellent reason. Nicky Wells. Surely... It was better to get a grip on his feelings, wait for them to change, to settle down and normalize before he saw her again. Nicky would remain his comrade-in-arms with whom he shared so much on an entirely different level. She was ideal to have as his best buddy, and he knew he must never do anything to jeopardize their friendship, which he cherished. Reaching the pool area, Nicky put her book down on one of the tables, took off the loose cotton shirt she was wearing over her black bikini, and settled on a chaise. Diffused sunlight trickled through the cool green canopy of leafy branches above her head, and she stretched out her long legs and drifted with her thoughts for a while. She knew her mother and father wondered why she had not had a serious involvement with a man since Devereaux and that at one moment they had even believed her to be hung up on him. But the reason why there was no special man in her life was very simple, really. She hadn't met anyone who had genuinely interested her in the past two and a half years, at least not for a long-term relationship. One day, she thought, one day my prince will come, when I'm least expecting it, and no doubt he'll knock me for a loop. That was the way it was supposed to be, wasn't it? Wobbly knees, palpitating heart and all that stuff. She laughed to herself. In the meantime, she wasn't unhappy with her life. She had a successful career, and she loved her work. Whenever she wanted it, there was a family life with her parents, and she had several close girlfriends with whom she shared a great deal. And then there was her best buddy, Cleland Donovan. He was caring and loving and protective. And she treasured his friendship. Suddenly, Nicky realized how disappointed she was that he had not been able to come down for the weekend. It would have been nice to see him enjoy his company in these peaceful surroundings. She sighed. Usually, when they were together, they were in a combat zone or some other trouble spot in the world. At these times, they were under immense pressure, intensely involved in what they were doing, Scrambling to do their work properly to get the story, and more often than not, under the most adverse circumstances. They were also fighting the horror of what they were witnessing, plus the fear which never failed to surface at some point, generally at night for her when she was trying to fall asleep. What a lovely change it would have been if they could have relaxed together and had some fun this weekend. But seemingly he couldn't get away or did not want to, or was otherwise engaged, and that was that. Nicky pulled her reading glasses out of the pocket of her shirt and picked up her book. It was Richard Whelan's biography of Robert Capper, which she had found in the library upstairs, and it made fascinating reading. From the moment she had started it, she had understood why Clee had always been so intrigued and fascinated by Capper. Opening the book, Nicky found her page, began to read, and was soon completely absorbed in Kappa's life story. An hour slipped by, and then another. Nicky looked up at the exact moment Clee reached the middle of the garden path leading down to the pool. He stood perfectly still, waiting for her reaction, grinning at her. Nicky's face broke into delighted smiles. She threw her book down and leapt to her feet. Clee, she cried, and ran across the grass and threw her arms around him, hugged him to her. And how did he manage to get away, she asked. Jean-Claude reshuffled the assignments, gave my jobs to the other guys, Clee lied. He thought I looked tired, decided I needed a rest. I'm glad you're here. I was getting a bit lonely. He looked at her, nodded, but did not say a word.